Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929 X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. We're looking at a very long episode of the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast today. Just looking at the length of some of these segments. Uh, we had a couple. We got chatting. We did. We are a little chatty Cathy's today. We were a couple of Cathy's. A couple of chatty Cathy's. <laughs> um... <laughs> We're going to talk about this idea that Shauna had to make a little money um, and how that's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I got hurt in my wood shop the other day and I have the security footage from the camera in there, which I'll <laughs> play for you. Just a ridiculous name. How did anyone think they could become famous with this name? And the, the guy did. And they did. The yeah. guy did. We're going to talk about communities of renters versus communities of owners. Inspired by some comments I heard by a presidential candidate on a podcast recently. Uh, and a, a, quite a discussion on the goat of children's books after you're out of context clip of the show. It's girls' night. We're going to need more than that. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was looking for a book for my nephew recently, Beckler. Mm-hmm. And I got thinking about what the most iconic children's books are. Because there are always these books that it seems like everybody will buy for a kid. You know, it's kind of like the go-to, the classics. And I was like, what would the goat of children's books be? What would be the one, the pinnacle of all of those selections of those books? Because there are the famous ones, right? That, again, everybody has in their bookshelf. And I was like, what would you say would be the best? There are two that I'm debating between in my mind. All right. I've got a few that I thought we would put into the conversation here. And you can see if any of these match up. One of them would be Three Little Pigs. Now, is Three Little Pigs technically a children's book or is that like a fairy tale? Mm, okay. Like, so are we going back right. and counting like yeah. the old woman in the shoe? And no, like... I guess you can. Yeah, we'll separate those. Okay. Get that one out of there. Where the Wild Things Are. Okay. Great book. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Marie Sandek. Yep. Phenomenal book. Turned into arguably the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole life. And this is the thing. It became uh, like a trendy thing, too. And then, yeah, the movie was absolutely awful. It was brutal. It was one of the... I wanted to leave, but I was with a friend, and he's like, I'd kind of like to see how this ends. And I was like, we got to... I didn't get through it, Beckler. I started watching it. I was like, what in the hell is going on? And I just... I just stopped watching it. I didn't see it in the theaters, though. I probably would have stuck through it, but no. Oh, my God. I just remember being like, this is... I don't even know. (laughs) Yep. Move on. Next. Yeah, okay. you're right. So does that take that out of the conversation? I don't the think movie? the movie ruins the book. The book was excellent. Yeah. The book okay. is one of the best children's books of all time. Okay, so that one. Uh, okay. What about Cat in the Hat? Okay. is that Would you say that's Dr. Seuss's? I was trying to debate because I feel like Dr. Seuss has to be in the discussion, right? Like he's such a famous children's author. And Cat in the Hat, I would say, is his pinnacle book. Bigger than Green Eggs and Ham? It's debatable, but I think so. Cat in the Hat also had the remake of the movie, which shows that it was maybe... True, but I mean, so did Horton Hears a Who, The no, Lorax, you're right, you're right. Uh, mm-hmm. The Grinch, like all of these. Okay, so Green Eggs and Ham, though, and Cat in the Hat, I would say, is the top okay. two. Now, does uh, Dr. Seuss's 
racism ruin out? Does that remove him from the list for you? Or I mean, the books, like I said, are still excellent. Yeah. The guy aside, he wrote some really, really great children's books. You're right, though. That'll probably shift out now that he's yeah. a racist. <laughs> so, okay, next. Okay. Uh, well, the f- do you have any more? Because I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to arrive at the same two. Give me some. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's either it's either Good Night Moon. Yeah, okay. Or the Very Hungry Caterpillar. It's so, got to be one of those two. Good Night Moon I did not have on my list. I oh. never had Good Night Moon. I really? don't know why, but I know it's famous. I know everybody else did. That was just one that somehow got overlooked in my bookshelf. I don't know why, but so that one wasn't on my list. Good Night Moon is weird. It's like, it's a fever dream of a book. Oh, okay. Like even reading it as an adult, it's it's like, what is going on here? Like, oh. But it's super cozy. It's so cozy. Like I would like someone to read me Good Night Moon to put me to sleep. A lot you know? of children's books or children's things are just a little bit weird though. Yeah. I always think the adults that come up with children's stuff are a little bit, <laughs> a little bit weird. Uh, so I was going to say The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, That would and be the ultimate, I think. Eric Carl had some other good books too, like the one about the spider. Mm-hmm. The Very Busy Spider, was that it? I didn't read that one, no. Did you know that but, The Very Hungry Caterpillar was supposed to be Willie the Worm? I don't know if it would have been as big if it was Willie the Worm. That's what that's what his publishers told him. Really? So yeah, he wanted to make it a worm and his publisher was like, No, it's no one cares about worms. You're gonna have to switch it up to a caterpillar. People like caterpillars more. <laughs> Poor worms, but he did, yeah. It, it that book has everything because it's like little kids can learn it word for word and yep. you know, they can recite it back to you. And then the fact that the way that it's bound, like the pages are different sizes and you can see the holes as you go through. Yep. And the art is really unique and beautiful. That's it, yeah. It's it's gotta be the goat. And I wonder if it wouldn't be the best selling children's book of all time. It'd That's, be close. I'm sure it is. It's got to be up there for sure. We'll have to look into double check. Okay. Are we've we gone in agreement? Yes. I have an honorable mention though. Robert okay. Munch, the Munch books. Did you ever have any of the Munch books? Shauna, do you remember? We It was fairly early on after we started as a, as a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that Robert Munch sucked. Yep. And it was the angriest I've ever made people. Uh-huh. In my radio career, people Love were calling. They were Mortimer? calling for blood. Mm-hmm. Robert Munch sucks. I just wanted to bring that little <laughs> little soft thing back into you, just to ruin all of this for everybody. I love uh, you forever was a good book. Mm-hmm. That was his best. The rest of it, everything else we wrote was just garbage. No, it was just all repetitive I had, garbage. I, I had all of them. They were great. Robert Munch is a hack. Robert Munch is not a hack. <laughs> Well, we've just uh, gone to the bottom of this and angered everybody once again. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My brother is a, he's a big Venus head, which if you aren't familiar, is the term that we use for the listeners of our show and podcast. Yes. BNS, Venus. Venus. Venus heads. If you say it with a bit of a slur, Venus head. So my brother, he sent me this headline. Uh, 600,000 gallons of red wine flow through Portuguese town after spill, triggering environmental warning. Oh my. So there's, you can see the, the wine flowing through the town there. Oh. It's like the streets are like, there's like literal rivers river. of wine in the streets. That's insane. And my brother's like, this is going to bring out all the funny white girls in the comments, isn't it? Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. You can is. already hear the jokes, yeah. hey? <laughs> my kind of town. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long and winding road. <laughs> But anyone have a really big straw? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Only 600,000 gallons. It's girls' night. We're going to need more than that. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. You know what I do whenever I'm sad, Beckler? Hmm. I think about the fact that there's a famous singer out there named Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> now that is a name. Okay? That is a name. That's a name and a half right there. And you know what's more insane? 
His manager suggested he go by that name. That's not his real name? His real name is Arnold Dorsey. And his manager was like, you know what name would be better for you? Engelbert Humperdinck. That's what you should go by. Did his manager hate him? I don't... <laughs> He's like, I want this guy to fail. Holy... Call yourself Engelbert Humperdinck. Seriously. And this is the other thing. He's not the only Engelbert Humperdinck. Really? He is named after the famous composer who composed Hansel and Gretel the opera, whose name is Engelbert Humperdinck. Is that... a... yeah, there are two Engelbert Humperdinks in the world. This is what we... Because it's, I mean, it's the worst name I've ever heard. It's not. <laughs> That's... You know what this proves? See, this is why when you're sad, you think about it. This proves that you can overcome any obstacle, okay? Yeah. Because Engelbert Humperdinck is famous and he's made some music and he has persevered despite the fact that <laughs> his name is Engelbert Humperdinck. Also, I'm looking at photos of him. Mm-hmm. Man, he had some wild chops back in the day, too. Oh, like did he his ever, man. hair. Holy crap. And he overcame all that. Yeah, you got that hair and your name's Engelbert Humperdinck and you still manage. To be famous. Yeah. His Um, sister actually helped him write that opera, the original Engelbert Humperdinck. Okay. Uh, Her name, not good either, Adelheid Wet Humperdinck. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Like, Humperdinck is bad. Humperdinck is bad. If she she goes by her middle name, her name is Wet Humperdinck. Like, that is just. You know what, though? Who are the parents? Some of the folks back then, though. I mean, you had so many guys walking around named Dick. It's true. Dick this, Dick that, Dick Dick Van Dyke, which translates to Dick of Dyke. I'm sure there's a Dick Humperdinck out there somewhere. Like, like, where did that last name... You never hear about that last name anymore. (laughs) Did it finally just fade away? Somebody was like, we got to stop with this, okay? I'm going to change my last name from Humperdinck. (laughs) Humperdinck ends with C-K, too. It's not D-I-N-K. It's D-I-N-C-K. See, it's got a C. It's not silly. Oh, it's still silly. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> anyway, Engelbert you know, wet and Wet Humperdinck. Get out of here. Holy man. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was listening to this interview with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, who's running for president in the United States. Bit of a controversial dude himself. Okay. Uh, he's the nephew of Bobby Kennedy. Sorry, the nephew of John F. Kennedy and the, the son of Bobby Kennedy. Wow. And yeah. he said some, like... Some he's running for the Democrats, but he's he has some positions that you would more closely associate with Republicans. So we can get into that another time. It was more what he said that I was interested in. He was talking about the rising cost of housing and some of these you know big investors buying up all the houses. Mm-hmm. And he said that they, obviously some people now are destined to be renters forever if it keeps going the way that it's going. And he thinks that the biggest concern about that is that. Homeownership makes for stronger communities in his mind because he thinks you're more invested in the community if you own a place there. And yeah. I was curious to know what you thought of that, Shauna, because, I mean, we've both been renters. Yep. I bought last year, so now I own in the community I live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you recently just sold your place yep. to become a renter again. Yes. Would you agree with RFK on that? I would. And it, it's interesting because people were asking, they said, well, why did you sell? And it was just because of the circumstances of my condo at the time. But yeah, I think that it does build stronger communities basically because you have ownership of your own place, right? Like the the whole thing about renting cars and it's always like, well, you don't want to buy a rental vehicle because, you know, people just drive the crap out of them. And drive it like a rental. They yeah. don't own it, right? So I think that if you own your own place, then yeah, there's a lot... That more invested that you have in the community and 
actually even the city as a whole, right? Probably if you put down roots. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely true for us. We rented for seven years before we bought here. Mm -hmm. And even in our old community, like we took care of our place and your kids went to school there and stuff. But I, like I wasn't as eager to to meet people in the neighborhood and to like get to know the parents of the school and stuff because it, it felt temporary you know it didn't feel like we were going to be there forever and you don't want to spend your own money upgrading the outside let's say you know there's things that you'd be like oh i'd love to you know maybe improve this garden but it's not yours so like, right. why, why am i going to invest my own money if it's not going back into my pocket in any way right? exactly how much money am i going to dump into the upkeep of my yard and stuff when it's well, even when I was owning, you know, I was paying more attention to what the city was doing because okay. property taxes, that kind of thing affected me. Whereas when you're renting, that's kind of all just re like that's in your rent. And even though it indirectly probably affects you because you're maybe your rent is going to go up at the time, you're not thinking about that. Right. right. Whereas when I'm owning, yeah, all of a sudden the things that city council are doing, the things that the government as a whole are doing become more concerning to me, right? Because You're seeing that property tax amount on your bill. Directly, You're seeing I'm going to see it right away, right? And I'm going to, it's going to affect me. So even with that stuff, right? It encourages voting probably mm -hmm. for that reason. And there's also the thought that, you know, like if, if you are a renter and a problem arises in your neighborhood, that's bad enough, you pick up and move, right? As opposed to an owner might be more invested in trying to solve that problem. Absolutely. Then. So well, think about like neighborhood watch. Remember Block Parents? Is that what I they were called? Block Parents? I remember the sign. I can picture the sign in the window. I know which house on my... I can picture the house on my street that had the Block Parents sign. Yeah, and those became things because people cared about their own community and wanted to make sure it's safe because they owned there. And it's not to say that... Because every time we make a statement like this, we'll get messages from people who say, well, you know, I've rented for 20 years and I'm a member of the PTA and I'm the treasurer of the community association. And th that's probably the exception, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, on average, I would say homeowners are probably more invested in the community they live in. Yes, I would say so as well. The and Shauna podcast. We got chatting about how there's a new snack in town, the Uncrustables. Yeah. Somebody mentioned that it was it. It's been advertised for a little bit here. They said pre-pandemic, but in terms of new snacks, like it's just it's rare to find a new snack. Sure is. And I was thinking then further, and I was like, maybe we could do a little frig Mary kill when it comes to the snack edition. I love this game. Yes. So very okay. simple. Okay. Uh, the first one would be the snack that you prefer it's okay. the one that you would marry yeah then there's the snack that you hate and would get rid of would get rid of okay and then the snack that you'd bring back oh like that's that you can't find anymore yeah the revival snack the nice. snack that you would bring back to life okay you want to go first you want me to go first how do you want to do this you, you go first okay uh well i love plain ruffles chips so i'm gonna marry plain ruffles yes uh, you can't go wrong with them. You put them out at a party. I know people would be like, oh, I'm playing. Those chips will be gone. You're Guaranteed. Right. You're right. So Okay, so you're going with the Ruffles I know chips. you're a plain Ruffles fan too. I also, I am. That's a that's a classic maneuver. Yeah. That's a great one. And so was our old boss. Our, our group chat used to be called the Plain, plain Ruffles, Ruffles Fan chips. Club. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the PRFC. That's a great one. Uh, I would kill, or do you want to go with your... No, you go, okay, yep. I would kill corn nuts because when someone eats corn nuts... Everybody knows. Yep. You eat corn nuts for You're the right. whole room. They stink. Mm -hmm. You eat it's, corn nuts in your own car on your own time where I can't smell it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Those do have quite the smell with them. Yep. Yeah. That's one that overtakes. It's funny because mine is similar, actually. Bugles. 
bugles. They stink. They smell. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're essentially made by the of the same... I th- there's something about them. Yeah, corn. Let's, Whatever they dust it with. Corn chips. That's, as a whole, anything involving corn in your snacks, you got to take that out. And it's Smelly. Yeah, you're right. Okay, good. Don't mm-hmm. like that at all. Yeah. Uh, and then I would bring back... This is a weird one, but uh, there was a pizza place near my house when I was growing up that these stoners ran. And it was so funny because they were like kind of like open when they wanted to type thing, you know, like okay. you'd go up and like the door would be locked even though it said they were open based on their hours and they'd wave you away. We're closed. Get out of here. Cause they were like getting high in the back. I think that's really funny, um, but they made these cheese sticks that were unreal. I don't know what they seasoned them with, but they were like the best cheese sticks I've ever had. Interesting. And I'll never taste them again because this place doesn't exist Okay. and it makes me sad. So, so the cheese sticks from the from the stoner stoner's pizza shop pa- pizza near place. where I grew up. Okay, um, amazing. How about you? Uh, I'll you go back some- to the one that I, I love and would keep forever is uh, mini eggs. Oh, man. Nobody hates a mini egg. No. Have you ever met somebody who hates mini eggs? The knockoffs, yes. Awful. We're talking the original, the actual mini eggs. No one hates a mini egg. And you can tell because every company has mini egg versions of everything mm-hmm. now. And they used to be a seasonal snack, right? Right. And now they're year-round. And it's because everybody loved them so much, they realized you can't just put those out in Easter and punish everyone for the rest of the year. I remember when we used to re- wait for mini eggs and yes. Cadbury cream eggs to come out, I and know. now they're just always available. And I know because my birthday is around when they would start coming out. So it was always very exciting because mm-hmm. it'd be my birthday and mini egg time. So that's the one that I would keep. I think they released them for your birthday myself. Yes, it was um, for me. The, in terms of knockoff mini eggs, like most of them suck. The Hershey's Aggies get the closest, I think. No. Nope. You don't think so? They get closer than anybody else does. Yeah, that's fine. They're still not even close. Not even. You can't even hold a candle to them. It's the crack of the shell and the consistency Everything of it. Everything about it. I like to put mini eggs on my ice cream. And it's just the best. Yeah. Good one. Oh, totally. Uh, and um, there's you said bugles to kill and then bugles to kill. Two that I would potentially bring back. It's funny. One is obscure like yours. Uh, Turtle Jacks in Brampton had the best wings ever. If you count that as a snack, though. I would. Okay. Yeah. So they have, there's nothing that can rival them. Uh, Turtle Jacks, it no longer exists in the same capacity it used to, but it had this wing. It was a one-off at the time. I think it's actually now a chain, but not the same. It's mm-hmm. just not the same TJs. Isn't that sad when something's gone forever like yep. that? Yep. The yeah. other one was Dunkaroos when they briefly went away, but they're back now, right? I know. I there's a We got a box in the in the pantry at home. I still can't find them many places, though. I keep on the hunt for them, and I, I'm looking for them because that was one that, again... Nobody hates Dunkaroos. No. Yeah. And just the adventure of being able to dip your own cookie like that into that cream. Mm. There's also a good lesson in asset management for a young person because you could go all out and eat all the icing on your first dunk, good, but yeah. you didn't want to do that. Yes. This is how we learned You had to it. ration it. You had to spread it out evenly across, or you could save it till the end. You could delay that gratification. Yes. this is That's how they should have teach, taught savings <laughs> rather in school. And- all right. Everyone open your ruse. Let's get going here. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was working in my wood shop the other day and I went to move something and I dropped like a, a small vice on my foot. Oh, God. Yeah. Like oh, it wasn't no. a huge one, but it was big enough that it, it really... Did you break your re- toe? It got me on the top of the foot. If it got me on the toes, it would have broken toes. Yeah. But it got me on the top of the foot. Oh. And then I just like hobbled around the shop for a little while and whimpered. Mm. I uh, <laughs> I had the door open because it was nice. I was working with the door open and I caught myself before, like, I, I yelled a swear into the whole neighborhood. Well, that's good. And then when I recovered, I realized that I have a security camera in my shop. 
Amazing. I was like, oh, I got to go back and find that audio. So I have it here, Sean. Here's the video. Okay. I don't know how well this is going to come through on the microphone, and I couldn't figure out how to transfer this like onto the computer so you could really hear it. But okay. if we're quiet, maybe. Okay. I'll jack the volume all the way up. So here I am about to move it. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. There it gets dropped. Oh, I'm in so much pain. Oh, that's. And then I just sit there and breathe for a little while. Really funny. Man, security cameras are just great. Oh my god, I know. I want more of them. I do too. Not because I'm like worried about security or anything, or like I don't want to infringe on anyone's privacy. I just think you would catch so much funny stuff. I know. I've thought about that so much. Just everywhere you go, right? Like, you just, you need security cameras in your car. Yeah. I thought about getting a dash cam for a while just because I think it would be great for social media content because you see so much wild stuff on the road, right? I have a friend who has some of those glasses that you can record from. Really? And I was like, that's genius. He doesn't use it all the time because, of course, the problem is that you have to constantly be refreshing it and getting rid of it. Right. But I was like, can you imagine when that technology is good enough that it just constantly is uploading? for you and you can just replay anything you see. Yeah. That would just be great. Pretty scary too. There's a Black Mirror episode about that and it ends poorly for the guy. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Terrifying, you're right. But no, getting security cameras, I know, you'll, especially within your own house and stuff, just the stuff you do and... Uh, a few weekends ago, I was at my buddy's bachelor party, and then I had to go pick up some golf clubs from his his garage the next day. So I texted him, and I was like, can you, open, can you open your garage from your phone to let me grab these golf clubs? So I was parked in the alley in front of his garage door, and the boy, boy and Brigham were in the vehicle. And when I went to open the back of my, my, my vehicle, all the beer from the night before rolled out mm-hmm. and exploded on the ground and just soaked me and, and soaked the back of my like my hatch. Oh. And I was like, you got to have this on camera somewhere. Like, because <laughs> I just stood there like dripping wet with beer after. The boy's like, it smells like beer in here. I was like, yeah. Now that you mention <laughs> it, we had a security camera from, do you remember when I told you I dropped that gallon of syrup all over my parkade? <laughs> a full gallon of it all over. Yeah. And it was a complete disaster. And that would have been caught on camera too. Damn, oh, that would have been got funny. That video. Oh, and it's just, then it's me sopping it up and you can't. Like, it just was spreading everywhere. <laughs> just don't know what to do the with it. The toughest that. thing to clean syrup you, off a barcade. You just can't. Like, it just, it's still there. The people oh, who man. now have moved in, they have the the gallon of syrup still. That's a potential viral video right there. Oh, oh and here, man. She, here she comes with the syrup. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> and now she's back. Damn it, I wonder if <laughs> they still have that. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Remember I had a million dollar idea a while back and it was to relicense Smokey the Bear merchandise? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Yes, because especially in this day and age with all the wildfires and everything that are going on, it's like we need Smokey to come back. And everybody loves Smokey the Bear. The, only you can prevent wildfires, right? I, uh, I'm not a big Smokey the Bear fan for that reason. Because of that slogan, hmm. only you can prevent forest fires. What the hell, Smokey? Like if a if lightning lights a tree on fire in the Northwest Territories, what the hell is eight-year-old me in Saskatoon supposed to do about that? It's true, but you can also you, there's some things that you can do to help prevent forest fires. Of I course. understand maybe it's a blanket but statement. Only me. Regardless, though, everybody loves smoke. You still 
you thought it was great to be able to you know relicense this merchandise. I do. I th- I I do think you've like hit the right the right points of nostalgia I, and Canadianity. It was and Can- bringing was- it back around. I don't know if it was Canadian or not. Regardless, uh, since then I've been kind of hunting and I have found a little bit of Smokey the Bear merchandise, but nobody is actually really selling it. So I've been hunting and I did manage to find a couple things like this this sweet Smokey shirt. See this. Oh, that's awesome. Where See, did you get that? I found this. Uh, this was in a store. Which store was it? Randomly. Is that one of your giant tiger finds? It was a giant okay. tiger find. That's where that was from. And then this sign I found online, and it's a new smoky sign, or, well, an old smoky sign. Some of the old kind tin of, ones, but yeah. It, but it has his slogan, which I actually forgot about, but it's the ABCs of smoky. It says, always hold matches till cold, be sure to drown all fires, crush all smokes dead out. The ABCs of Smokey the Bear. Hmm. And I was I like... I remember that one. That must be like the old Smokey. Must old be. Old school Smokey. That being said, again, very relevant for this day and age. And this is the type of stuff. So I think that I should... Like, can I be the official licensed reseller of Smokey stuff here? You could look into it. I feel like I could make a lot of money doing this. I think it's perfect. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, is it Jasper Brewing who brought back, brought those cans back that look like the National Park signs? Yes. Like it's, Nostalgia. we love that stuff, don't we? It's genius. Although I think that Smokey should dart as well. Well, I was going to say old school Smokey. That's like Smokey from our grandparents' generation. He smoked for sure. Yeah. And he was just responsible when he extinguished it. I think that this would actually be more effective. Like as long as he also smoked, then Terry would take his advice, right? Mm-hmm. Like he even, yeah, he looks a little, he looks like he might smoke. He looks like he should have that voice. Hey, I'm Smokey. <laughs> Only yep. you can prevent forest fires. Only you, what? Terry. That's not true, Smokey. Yeah. Although Terry would be like, all right, well, if Smokey's going to butt out and he too darts, then I, I relate a little more to him, okay? The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. We got a message from a friend of the show uh, who said the company Tentree, they sell Smokey the Bear merchandise. Which is pretty sweet, and Tentree does that. They come up with these like limited edition lines here and there that I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen Smokey yet, so that's cool. And it makes sense because their whole, you know, mission was environmentalism and stuff. Totally. That, uh, I think the guys who started that company are from Regina. They are. Regina, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And then, you know the company Herschel? Yep. They're very famous for their backpacks. I think you and I have both owned Herschel backpacks over the years. Yeah. Uh, also, guys from Saskatchewan. Yeah. What is up? The fashion mecca of Saskatchewan? Well, it's freaking cold there, so they just sit at home and have some drinks and come up with some great uh, great ideas for, for fashion. Yeah, you would not think that, like, two of the, you know, the biggest... Well, what kind of clothes would you call that, Shauna? Like, it's not urban wear, but just, like... I don't know, like... Apparel? Yeah. Trendy... Trendy, trendy apparel companies trendy are from... Trendy <laughs> With roots in Saskatchewan. Wow. I know. Wow. Um, I learned a little bit more about licensing of Smokey the Bear, though. Okay. Um, so his image is protected by the Smokey the Bear, uh, Smokey Bear Act of 1952. Oh, and uh, by the way, it's actually Smokey Bear. It's Smokey Bear. And yeah. I always said that kind of as a joke, but that is his name. His actual name is Smokey Bear. Smokey the Bear came later. I didn't realize, too, that he was an actual real bear. Oh, he's named he, after a real bear? He was inspired by, like, his image is actual, an actual, like, after an actual bear. And it was this bear that, I guess, got caught in a wildfire. And um, it was kind of, like, lost and pacing along the fire line at one point. And somebody took him under his wing because he had really badly burned paws. 
kind of nurtured him back to health, and then he became the yeah the spokesperson, the spokesperson of wildfires because wildfire he survived fish. the wildfire and wow. it went from there. So there you go. Didn't know he was a real bear. Yeah. There's a page I'm on a the bear. U.S. Forest Service Department online uh, where there's all this information on licensing of his image. Uh, it said you could become an official Smoky Bear licensee. Be part of an iconic brand and help spread the wildfire prevention message. Sales from officially licensed merchandise assist in providing education oh, for damn. wildfire prevention. So, I mean, if you did decide... I could actually become an official You could. Retailer. And then I'm sure whatever licensing rights you pay go towards wildfire fire prevention. In the U.S., at least. He is American, like you said. Right, yeah. Interesting. Um, there's, so there's all the information. I could send you this link and okay, you, can be, you can become an official licensee of... Smoky Bear, not. Does that mean I get an official sign I can hang in my window? Kind of like you know, in really small towns, like you can be a Sears licensee or whatever, and you'll see like the (laughs) Sears sign at somebody's house, but they're really, yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) It's like they're technically the, I don't know, you can order. I guess basically it's the catalog, and they just take care of the like catalog orders or whatever. But that's hilarious. I I didn't know know that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it the odd time. You just see like the, you're like. Okay, I guess that person has the catalog. <laughs> it's in Jim's garage yep. over here. Yeah. <laughs> I could oh, be that for Smokey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you are operating some sort of catalog ordering business, if you're a Sears licensee, uh, and you need some extra space, Shane Holmes will work with you. Mm-hmm. Look at one of their floor plans and say, hey, this is great, but I'm also a licensed Sears catalogy. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to need a storage room on the main floor. Mm-hmm. Shane Holmes can make that happen. Totally. Uh, if you're thinking of building, consider Shane Holmes and their affordable affordable customization. Learn more at ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. We're watching the Twilight movies as a family right now. Oh, Cliff will be so excited to hear. Okay, I was trying to I was trying to remember if, if I had that correct. Cliff is a Twilight fan. Loves Twilight. Your boy- Loves Twilight. <laughs> Your boyfriend. My boyfriend. Middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. Big Twilight guy. Okay, if if... If it is ever on television, we will be watching it. Really? Like, no matter what's going on, there could be a very important sports game. and He's a big sports guy, but no, Twilight will win. He is uh, not the typical demographic for you Twilight don't fans. Say. <laughs> I read the books. Uh, no, did I read all of them? Yes. You read all the books? I, or I, I read at least one. I don't remember if I got through the whole series or not. But yeah, I, I read one of them. Really? Yeah, it was pretty good um, for what it was. Did Cliff go see those in theaters when they came out? Because I feel like that that kind of behavior could get you a talking to. You I don't know? think so. I no no. I, I wouldn't have allowed him. Cliff, no, there's popcorn, no. Big I was going to say just <laughs> him and his holding his big popcorn bowl. Yeah, let's go watch some Twilight. Yeah, no, no. It's like him going to see Fifty Shades of Grey alone. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are you girls excited for New Moon? Yeah, yeah. If he did, then it was oh in secret God. because if he told me that, I'd be like, absolutely not. So. No. My wife McKenna, she's 30. She was like the perfect age for Twilight. Loved those books growing up. Yeah. Um, she's seen all the movies. I'd never seen it before. So, but we're always looking for movies to watch with the kids and stuff. So we're yeah. like, well, we'll try Twilight. Um, the acting is atrocious. Mm-hmm. It's just horrible. Kristen Stewart, awful. I know. Robert Pattinson, awful. He's gotten a lot better. Yep. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, I I'm, know. I'm, in, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the movie so far. Okay, so interesting. Taking yeah, because I I enjoyed it for what it, like was yeah, knowing for what it was. But you're another man that uh, likes Twilight. Okay, I don't know so. if I'll ever be as big of a fan as Cliff. Mm. But you I say that you're starting on the Twilight train though. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I said to McKenna, I was like, 
What? Where is this set? Because it, like, it, it was filmed in BC, I think. Like, and you can definitely tell it's the west coast of Canada. And there's or, one part that was set in Alberta. Really? Yeah. Okay, I haven't got there yet. I forget cool. where it was. It was it Devon, Alberta, or something. We had a slow pitch tournament there, and we were actually in the field that it was filmed. Cool. In. It was pretty. Cliff, yeah, Cliff took a bunch of photos of himself there at the set because it was a big deal for him, right? Yeah. Got to see Twilight set himself. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said to Mika, I was like, "Where is this this set?" And she was like, trying to remember the name of the town, and she was like river something and I was like you don't know you call yourself a fan and you don't know that the setting of this story it's it's Forks Washington is where it's set but I was like you can't call yourself a fan and not know a detail like that like ask me where Lord of the Rings was set Shauna I was waiting ask for me, this I heard river and was like oh for God's sakes here we go where they traveled and I will tell you oh my god it started in the Shire mm. the town of Hobbiton Bagshot Row specifically Bilbo's residence Bag End which mm. is now Frodo's residence. Yeah. And then Gandalf, of course, had to go visit Saruman at Isengard. Mm. And then he dispatched the hobbits to... To Bree, to the town of Bree. Oh, my Which God, I, you almost I, forgot yeah. that. Oh, that, was, that could have been Oh, bad. my God. Do you want me to keep going? Or? No, I don't. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So my sons, Bo and Brigham, they like to play these mobile games on our old phones. You know, they aren't connected to a, a phone plan or anything. Just totally. Like a, like a little iPad, basically. Yep. Um, but if you don't buy the full version of these games, then you get ads throughout them. And we never buy the full versions, so they're sitting through these ads. And Bo said the other day, he keeps getting this one ad that says... The best no Wi-Fi games for days at the beach. And he mentioned it to me, and I didn't catch mm-hmm. it right away, but he said, who's going to the beach to sit on their phone and play mobile games? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good point, man. You got to frolic like, in the water there, kids. <laughs> we came to the beach oh, no. to get off the phones. Yeah. The best no Wi-Fi games for days at the beach? But you know that there's lots of kids who would be super down with that at yeah. the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oi. Real pale, hidden under oh, the umbrella. Man. No, I don't want to be outside. Yeah. No, I but, need that free no Wi-Fi plan. <laughs> so at our house, if the boys don't want to do anything other than stare at their screens, we call them screen bums. Mm-hmm. We're like, if you know, go outside. You guys are being bums right now. You're sitting here being bums. Bo felt that this was bum talk, this, this ad. He's like, this is bum talk, Dad. Yeah, yep, that like, is <laughs> the ultimate bum <laughs> talk, Bo. Bum talk, man. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. One of the best ways to learn the history of a city is through the names of its roadways. Although Calgary now employs a numbering system through much of downtown, this wasn't always the case, and there are still plenty of roads with actual names. Take Deerfoot or Sarcy Trail, for example. We've discussed before about how Deerfoot Trail was named after a famous Siksika long-distance runner named Deerfoot. But what you may not know is that the use of trail, in the case of Deerfoot, Glenmore, or Sarcy, is actually unique to Calgary. It goes back to the ox cart trail that was used to carry supplies and people from Fort Benton, Montana, to Calgary. The city also used to have two avenues running on either side of downtown called Atlantic and Pacific Avenues. These ran on either side of the CPR Railway. Is that train line was symbolic of linking the two great oceans. We now know these roads as 9th and 10th Avenues. Many of Calgary streets were originally named after early European settlers like Angus Avenue, which is now 6th Street, or McTavish Avenue, which is now Centre Street. All the streets in Bridgeland used to actually be named after cities in Germany as a dedication by those who emigrated from there in the early 20th century. Unfortunately, many of these street names have now been changed as the city believed that as it grew, it would just be much easier to navigate with a numbered system. They weren't wrong, though our major thoroughfares are at least still named. Crowchild Trail, for example, is named after David 
David Crowchild, who was chief of the Satina Nation from 1946 to 1953. Or John Laurie Boulevard, which is named after John Lee Laurie. Laurie was a famous political activist and advocated for First Nations. And we've seen a return to street names in many of Calgary's newer developments as well. The area of Crowfoot, for example, and all of its corresponding roads are named after Chief Crowfoot, who was a warrior known for fighting in at least 19 battles, but who fought for peace, Treaty 7, and the rights of his people. Perhaps the numbering system is nice in that any road that is named stands out. This way we can learn the history of some of Calgary's most iconic figures and perhaps explore in future Heritage Moments. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome. It allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, fuck, they're going to say fuck. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.